Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. So why don't we stand and we're going to pray just before we dig into the Word of God today. Hallelujah. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your Word. Thank you that it changes my life. Open my eyes to see truth today. And help that preacher. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. You may be seated. God is good. Amen. One of the things I wanted to talk about this morning is I wanted to talk about faith. I was reading through uh, Romans uh, chapter 4 this week, just really meditating, looking through that chapter, and I realized over nine times God says we need to be a people of faith. He talks about being a people of faith. All right? And um, we need to understand that what faith is, is faith is basically just confidence. We have to have confidence in our God. Right? The Bible says that uh, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Right? God, faith, is, faith is an action. It's believing. It's having trust. It's having confidence in God. But where does our, our faith need to be? Where does it need to be? People say, you need to have faith in God's Word. But I want to say it doesn't start there. First of all, we need to have faith in God's love for us. Amen? If we don't have faith and confidence that He loves us, there's no relationship for the Word to be built upon, okay, in our lives. Okay? Our faith is in His love for us, and because we know that He loves us, He gives us boundaries. He gives us a playbook, which is the Word of God. All right? And... um, when you're having a relationship with somebody, how do we know it's easier to change than if someone's just barking orders at you, right? And so God wants us to understand how much he loves us. First John chapter 4, verse 9 and 10 says, In this the love of God was manifested towards us, that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. So God wants us to live our lives through relationship with Jesus Christ, and God demonstrated his love towards us by sending Jesus. We need to understand how much God actually loves us. And I'm saying that because the enemy will whisper voices to you throughout your day, throughout your life, saying you're not worthy, God doesn't love you, you're not good enough. And, and if you don't have it solid in your heart, an understanding of how much God loves you, you're going to miss the boat in many ways, okay? He loved you first. Say, God loved me first. I mean, I don't care. Like, I didn't go after God. God came after me. And God found me in my sin. I remember, I can tell you the moment, I can tell you the time when the light went on. I said, God, you know what? You win. I need you. And you love me in the midst of this. And, and I gave my heart to Christ because it was the love of God that drew me to repentance. And I'm sure most of you, if not all of you, can say the same thing in this room, that you remember a moment when the light went on and the love of God became real to you. That while you were still a sinner, God was going after you. God loved you. It's like the song we just sang. He just he went after you. Recklessly just went after you because he wants you. But it's our choice. We have to make the decision. Are we going to accept the love of God? Amen? And so let's move on here. He loved us first. He still does. And because we know that he loves us, 
He gives us our playbook. He gives us boundaries. And, and, and the reason why it's so important to have a deep understanding of God's love is because if you don't, you can still get to heaven. The Bible says, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You've called on the name of Jesus. You can go through your life doubting God's love for you, but you're saved because you put your faith in him. But if you're the type of Christian that doesn't have a deep understanding of God's love, what happens is, um, if you don't have that deep understanding, when you read this book, all you see is correction. God's trying to correct me. I've got to change this. I, this isn't right in my life. I got to bring an alignment in my life, right? And correction's good. And Christians that don't have a deep understanding of God's love start talking to other people and saying, there's, "This isn't right in your life. This needs to change in your life." A, a, and there's truth to it. Things do have to change in our lives. But I'm going to tell you this: if you have a deep revelation of God's love for you, all right, uh, this is not about correction; it's about direction. And you read it with a new set of eyes because you read it knowing already that God loves you, that God has a plan for you, that God wants the best for you. And you begin to read it and say, oh, God, oh God's giving me some direction here. God is telling me that I can't have bitterness in my heart, so I'm going to deal with the bitterness so that I can be in a deeper relationship with God. Oh, great, this is the next direction that I need to take. How many hear what I'm saying? God wants a bunch of believers that aren't looking at this as a book of correction but a book of direction. How many hear what I'm saying this morning? God wants you to know that he loves you unconditionally. He loves you just the way you are. He just loves you too much to leave you that way. Amen? He came after you while you were still a sinner, and now he's in the process of transforming us. Isn't it good news? See, I need a deep understanding of God's love for me. And that's what the enemy will do. Once you become a Christian, he begins to attack with thoughts. He begins to attack with ideas that maybe God doesn't love me, or maybe I'm not good enough, or maybe I have to jump through more loops, and we move our faith away from God. Amen? Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Since he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Like, God's a giver. Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights in whom there's no variation or shadow of turning in his character. He's a good God. He wants to give. He wants to bless you. The Bible says he's taken you out of sin and he's placed you at the right hand, at his right hand in Christ Jesus. We're joint heirs with Christ. He says we're going to rule with Christ. We're going to rule. We're going to judge the world, the Bible says, in the new millennium. And he says also, not only will you judge men, but you're going to judge angels. God is taking us into a place of authority because he loves you, because he trusts you, and he's got you in a process of sanctification. And what the enemy does is the enemy will come and try to make you feel like, you know what, God doesn't really love you. And it's hogwash. He really does love you. God's not holding out on you. All right? And because he knows, we know that he loves us, he gives us this playbook. You know, People say they don't like rules. And I, I like this. We were at the, the Will Graham crusade, and I, he gave a really good analogy. He said, could you imagine going to a hockey game? How many like hockey? Good hockey game, right? Could you imagine going to a hockey game, and there's no rules? A anybody can do what they want. You know, it would be fun for about five minutes. But the players would get frustrated 
angry and they would get, they would, there would be, uh, you know, uh, they'd start fighting and, and the, the people sitting in the stands watching the game would say, I've had enough of this, I'm going home. And it, how many know the game wouldn't be very fun? And sometimes the rules and the structures of the game actually bring enjoyment. And God gives, he says, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to live. And what we, we're living in a society now where there's no rule to the game of life. Everybody does what's right in their own mind. And then the church comes along like, like, like a coach or like a referee and says, you know, we need to do this. We need to adjust. And then they yell at the church. Don't give us rules. And everyone's running around flustered and angry because the game of life no longer has rules. Listen, God gives us direction so we can live an abundant life. So we can feel, hey, I'm accomplished. This is a, the game of life is fun. It's enjoyable. I'm seeing progress in my life because you're obeying the rules. You're following the direction. So how many know God's word is direction for our lives? Does this make sense to anybody today? Amen? The game of life has rules. Basic instructions before leaving earth. And the happiest people are people who are in a relationship with God, who are loving God. I had a pastor who was arguing with an atheist once, and, 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 and who was right and who was wrong. And my pastor friend said, listen, if I'm wrong, I've lived the most best life. I'm gonna, I have great kids. We have love. We have relationship. I've enjoyed my life, and I just die. And I had a great life. If you're wrong, you die, and you go from the frying pan into the fire. Kind of shut that whole conversation up. But how many know we can have an abundant life in God? Amen? And so, um, so we need to understand that God loves us and God wants us to live in freedom. God wants us to, uh, to realize that his word is relevant. Now let's look at Romans chapter 4, verse 6 to 25. You guys ready? Ready? Okay, awesome. Let's read. So the promise is received by faith. Say, by faith. By believing what God said, the promise is received. It is given as a free gift, and we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses or if we have faith like Abraham. Now, he's talking about the difference between both the Jews and the Gentiles at that time. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. Abraham is your father. Did you know that? Spiritually speaking. Let's read on. That is what the scripture means when God told him, I've made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. He calls those things that do not exist as though they do. Okay? So so what's being said here is God blessed Abraham. The promise to Abraham is that he was going to have a multitude of children like the stars of the sky, right, of the night sky. That was the promise to Abraham. And it says God blessed Abraham with this promise. Why? Okay, because he believed in a God who brings the dead back to life. Now, I want to say this. I want to encourage you today because we're the children of Abraham. And Abraham didn't just believe in a God who created the worlds and a God who would show up when he needed him. He believed in a God who could bring the dead back to life. And I'm telling you right now, I'm, there's, there's things in your life maybe that you say are dead. Amen? 
There's things in your life that, 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 that are, are not living anymore. You have dead dreams. You have dead vision. You have, you know, uh, people, loved ones that you feel are dead to God. And you're saying, it, it's, it's dead. There's no hope. But I need you to, today, I'm asking you to believe that maybe God has the power to raise the dead to life. That maybe God has the power that when you leave this place, that, that those dead, dead dreams and visions will come back to life. Those loved ones that are far from God, that God can actually raise them again back into relationship with you. This is what pleases God, is when we choose to believe God despite the situation. Amen? And Hebrews chapter eleven nineteen 19 says, Abraham reasoned. Can we reason today? Can we take time to reason that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again? Can we actually sit and say, you know what, there's, there's things have died in my life, my vision, loved ones away from God, there's sickness in my body, there's, you know, the situations going on. Maybe God can raise the dead. I'm going to believe God for that. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back to life. Do you have dead vision? Do you have dead dreams? Remember that God is able to raise it up again. Isn't that good? And um, I don't know if you think about that. Like uh, Abraham's son, Isaac, he waited 100 years for this son. He was supposed to be the first of these multitude of children he was going to have. And then God says, I want you to take him up onto a mountain Take a, take a knife, and I want you to sacrifice him on the altar. And now, of course, God didn't want him to hurt the boy. He was just trying to see where, if his heart, if he would be obedient. And so he did. He took the thing that was most valuable to him, and he laid it on the altar. And as he was about to sacrifice, God says, don't hurt the boy, for I have provided a sacrifice. And I think it's beautiful because in a picture, Abraham looks up, and he sees that there's a ram in the thicket. And he says, this is a sacrifice. And I think that God wanted Abraham to realize what it would feel like. How many know when you have close friends, you want to share your deepest feelings, right? You, you, you have this connection at a heart level. How many know God has feelings? Have you ever thought about that? You know? He says, this is what it's, it feels like to, to, to sacrifice, how hard it is to sacrifice your only begotten son that is so precious to you. And, God, and, and the Bible says God looked and he saw the day of the Lord and he rejoiced. He said, listen, God is going to do this. He's going to send his son and pierce him. And he connected with the heart of God, friend to friend. And I think God wants us as his people to connect with him heart to heart like friends. But we can't do that if we don't realize how much he loves us. If we still listen to the voices that come and lie to us and say, you're not worthy, you need more loops to jump through. Does this make sense to anybody? Okay. Let's look at verse 18. Or the second thing I want to say, the second thing that Abraham believed was that God creates new things out of nothing. Right? And, and God has, has created the new thing in your life. He says, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus your sons and daughters, and your overcomers. And it doesn't matter how you feel, God is declaring that over you. 
doesn't matter what your past says. Now, you might still have to walk out of this stuff and do some repentance and that kind of stuff, but God sees you as righteous. I've provided a way. It's all been done through the cross. Now walk in this righteousness. You're righteous. You're my son and daughter. I love you. We're coming out of the mess. How many hear what I'm saying? And we've got to learn to hear the voice of God. Now, here's the next thing, verse 18. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Okay? Believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have, verse 19. And Abraham's faith did not weaken. Even though he was about 100 years old, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. So here's the thing. I don't know any people that are 100 years old having kids. How many know what I'm talking about? It just doesn't happen. Viagra won't even help at that age. I mean, it's done. I, and <laughs> I'm telling you. And, 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 and I can't imagine this old guy coming to his wife and saying, listen, you know, I know we're 100 years old, but I know that God, I'm not even considering my body. I'm not even considering your body. I'm considering the promise of God that God is able to come through. Listen, God is able to raise the dead to life. His word can be spoken. Miracles can happen. I'm going to believe that God will come through despite the situation. And that kind of faith only comes when you know that God loves you, that God has a plan for you, that he has the best for you, and that he keeps his word. Amen? It says here, verse 20, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew, what does it say? Stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. And I'm here to tell you today, listen, you want to bring glory to God? You have a backslidden family member? and you've been trying to get him saved for 20 years, you start telling him, listen, you know what? God's going to raise that person. My children are going to serve the Lord. And you begin to speak those things that be not as though they are. Say, my God is able to do, he can give a dream, he can do a miracle, he can do something in the life of my young. I don't care if he's rejected church 30 times uh, in the last year, I'm still going to pray and God's going to show up and do something. And when you do that, you're glorifying God. And, And God begins to move because faith is the doorway that opens heaven and allows the power of God to come into a person's life. I had a best friend... He was a drug addict and a drug dealer and wanted nothing to do with God. Now, I got saved out of that lifestyle. We were best friends. And do you think I could get him saved? His mom got saved. His father got saved. His brothers and sisters got saved. He wanted nothing to do with God. And I just kept praying and saying, God, I thank you that he's going to come to know you. And I went and I was in his bedroom. And some of you know the story. And I was praying and saying, God, you know, I'm praying for Derek, praying for him to get saved. And, uh. God told me to go lay hands on his pillow and pray that God would visit him, and I did. And went home and forgot about him. The next morning, I get a phone call from his mother. She's, her, she's just shaking up. She's like, Travis, you, you got to come over here. You don't know what just happened. I said, well, what happened? What's going on? She goes, my son came by me, stormed by me with all his, you know, bong pipes and drugs and all his drug paraphernalia and all this stuff, and he went out in the front yard and he started smashing it with a hammer. And I came up and said, what are you doing? And he says, I'm getting right with God. 
and he got saved and became an evangelist, right? But if I would have looked at that situation and said, well, there's no way. I've already invited him to church 30 times. He's telling me off. He's telling me where to go. You know, I just walk away. But I chose to believe God. And if he wasn't saved, I'd still choose to believe him because it brings glory to God that we're trusting in a God who's supernatural. Amen? I told you guys about a story where I stayed with a friend and his wife was a witch and I didn't know. I'm out working. He goes, come on home. I want you to meet my family. I'm sitting at the table. She's snarling at me across the table and <laughs> she's looking at me. I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, well, I'm a witch. I'm a Wiccan and all this stuff. And I'm like, all right, that's making me comfortable. Okay. And we had a meal and you know, and then I had to sleep in their creepy home with, like, all this paraphernalia around. And so I just said, I'm going to stay up and pray for a bit. And I prayed for her. I said, God, you're able to, you save Paul. You clotheslined him off the horse, you know. You can do a miracle in her life. Six months later, I get a friend request on Facebook. And she's saying, hey, Travis, remember me? I'm the wife of, you know, the crazy husband, you know. I forget his name now. And she said, you know, I- I'm born again. I gave my heart to Jesus. She said, as I was into this occultism and stuff, I began to realize as uh, it's like my eyes were open to all, because she loved children, how children were being hurt throughout the centuries through these false pagan religions and that. And she said, she began to talk to God and she got born again. How many, see, God is able to do stuff if we choose to believe him. Amen. All right. Let's keep reading. So Abraham never wavered in believing God's promises. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced, say fully convinced, that God is able to do whatever he promised. And some of you are believing God for stuff, and you're not 100 years old. Your body's not dead yet. So you can hold on. God is going to come through if you trust and hold on to the promises of God. Okay, look at verse 23. And God counted him as righteous. It wasn't just for Abraham's benefit that this was recorded. It was for, say, for our benefit. Okay. Assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. This is really important. You, maybe you've never seen this before. But I hear a lot of Christians say, I believe in Jesus. Right? And that's good. We need to believe in Jesus. But this is saying you need to believe in the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. The Father initiated this whole thing. See, it's really easy for people, as it, you know, and I've noticed this in counseling and when we do different encounters and stuff, that it's very easy to, to chum up with, come here, Peter, chum up with, uh, with Jesus because he's my bro. You know, Jesus is my brother. Jesus is, Jesus is my, uh, my Lord, and I can relate to him as a friend. But it's hard to relate to the father. Maybe there's fatherhood issues. Maybe, you know, we never had a good relationship with our father. We don't know how to relate to our father. But how many know we have to have fellowship with the father, son, and the Holy Spirit? That's what Paul said. Paul said in his letters, our fellowship is with the father, with the son, and with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and we never think, that, listen, hey, I believe in Jesus, but I, I believe in the father who started this whole thing. And my father loves me. And my father has a plan for me. And my father initiated this whole thing. And when you have a revelation of the father's love for you, everything skyrockets to the next level. So God is good. Okay, let's read on here. We need to believe in the father, the one who raised Jesus from the dead. 
He was handed over because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with the Father. And we need to believe in the Father's love for us and for his promises. I want to look at Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 2. Okay? Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith. Say, I've been made right by faith. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith. Say, our faith. Christ has brought us into a place of undeserving privilege where we now stand and we continually and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. This is what Paul is saying. Now, let's look at the last couple scriptures here. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. It was by faith or by confidence that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Could you imagine going somewhere where, where you don't know where you're going? Who would do that? Say, who would do that? We would. We do it all the time. I don't know about you, but like when I met my wife, it's like, will you marry me? She's like, yes. And we stand at the altar, and I say, I do. She says, I do. I'm not thinking about where I'm going to be in 20 years from now. How many were thinking about, you're just like, I just want to be with the person I love, and we won't worry about where it takes us. How many know what I'm talking about? And Abraham had a connection with God's heart. He didn't even know where he was going, didn't even care. He says, I just want to know my God. I want to have a relationship with my God, and we're going to go there. And we don't even realize that at the point we're so infatuated with one another when we get married, for those of you who are, we walk away not knowing that the next 40 years are going to be trying to change you. I mean, who I'm talking about? I love you, but i got to change you, honey. And, and, and God kind of does that. I mean, obviously we can't change him because he's perfect, nor would we want to. But he's changing us. And we're okay with that. Why? Because we don't care about where we're going. Too many Christians worried about this stuff. I don't know what the will of God is for my life. I don't know where God's taking. Who cares? Just enjoy the journey. I'll tell you what God's will for you is. Give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Just be thankful. You get to hang out with God and enjoy life. Is this okay? Are you guys all right? All right. So <clears throat> Abraham didn't know where he was going. Many of us didn't know where we were going when we got married. Um, but we need to be more interested in who we're with than where we're going. That's the most important thing. All right? And my prayer as we close is that God will open our eyes concerning his love for us. Like, God, would you open our eyes? And, and, and you know, I'll tell you this, on this side of eternity, you will, you will never fully know the love of God. I'm going to show you a scripture to prove that. But that gives you hope because it tells you that you can continue to go deeper in his love as you're moving towards eternity. I'll show you that. And here's the last verse. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 to 19. Paul says, Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots will go down into the scriptures and keep you strong. Is that what it says? No, your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. I, I say that because I know people that have got this book almost memorized, 
and they're not nice people to be around. We need to be grounded in God's love. Then the scripture is not correction, it's direction, right? Christ will make your home in your hearts. As you trust in him, your roots will go down deep into God's love and keep you strong. God's love will keep you strong. Look at the next verse. And may you have the power to understand all that God's people should. How wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Okay, I want you to see that. So it starts here. How wide? Put your hands out like this. How wide? Okay. The next one is how long? Okay. How high? And now if you see where your feet are, now we're going down. How deep? Where does that put you? Put you in the center. Put you in the center of God's love. God's love, we're central to his heart. May you experience, this is Paul's prayer, the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Remember I said you will never understand it, this side of eternity. Then you will be made complete and all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Our completeness in God comes when we understand the love of God because the love of God drives out all fear. And fear is the opposite of faith. Amen? You know, I remember once I was in an actual meeting uh, sitting where some of you, it was probably sitting back where John is sitting and I was listening to the preacher and he was talking about the love of God and then there was a time of prayer at the end and he said, everyone bow your head and he started to pray. And uh, I remember sitting there, and I literally felt this love just come over me. And some guy came up behind me and put his arms around me, was just holding me. And all like, and it was weird. Like, you don't do that in church. Like, I know, yeah, I'm sitting there, and this guy comes up. And he puts his arms around me like this here. He's literally, he's doing this. He's just, he's just cuddling me. I can almost feel his breath on my, and he wouldn't let go. And I'm sitting there, and as this man's holding me, I feel like, like kind of like waves of love going through me that I've never experienced before. And I started to weep. And it was like all the pain of my childhood and all the rejection and the fear that I just began to just melt away, melt away. And 10 minutes, I'm going, I don't know who this guy is, but this feels really good, right? This is like really surreal and everything. And then so he finishes a prayer, and I open my eyes to thank the guy, and I turn around, and there's nobody there. And I'm like, okay, this is creepy. Um but it was good because God literally came down and just embraced me. And, and I really feel that, that I want to encourage you with this, that every one of us in this place, if you've given your heart to Christ, you are a child of Abraham. And Abraham was a man who believed that God was able to raise the dead to life. And he was able to make new things from nothing. God was able to make new things from nothing. And that's our heritage and that's in us and if we would only believe God and not be moved by our situations and say God I just choose to believe you and trust you I'm not going to worry then it brings glory to God and it brings him into the situation amen why don't we stand and have David come to the piano for a moment hallelujah father I just came this morning and 
Not to add something because it's already in us. The Bible says that that faith is in us by the Holy Spirit. And God, I pray for every person in this place, God, that they would have a deep, deep encounter in their understanding with how much you love them. Father, if there's areas in their life that they're not living right with you, that they need to make those things right. But love is not on the table for discussion. You came while we were yet sinners, and you died for us. So, God, I pray that you would draw each person. And, God, I pray that every person under the sound of my voice in this place will this week, and even starting now, will have an encounter with your unconditional love. Father, that you would embrace the hearts of every person in this place. We thank you, God. How much more will you give us all things and we're striving to please you and you're just saying, just rest in faith that I'm with you and I'll never forsake you. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and move on every heart supernaturally. We can't even explain this. It's like I couldn't explain it. Holy Spirit, come and move on the hearts of people in this room that need to know your love. My cry, God, is that they would not leave this place not knowing in the depth of their soul that you love them, that they came to this church because they were your guests, God. You had worked situations to get them to this place so that, God, you could show them how much you love them. So, God, I pray by the Spirit of God that you'd begin to rest in this place. Holy Spirit, come like a blanket over the hearts of all your people, God. In Jesus' name, Lord, come and reveal your love. And may it be an ongoing process in their lives. In Jesus' precious name. Thank you, Lord. Father, right now, I just agree. Can I? Who here has got loved ones that are away from the Lord? Just slip up your hands. Okay, let, let's just... Let's just agree right now. I'm going to ask you guys, just, I'm going to pray a prayer of agreement, and then I want you guys to just pray with one another if you're comfortable with that. God, I just agree with every hand that has been raised, God. We all have loved ones, God. Father, we believe, God, that you're able to raise the dead, and I don't care how many times they've said no. God, you're going to come and arrest them because we believe your words is we in our household shall be saved, and we trust you, God that we're going to spend eternity together with our loved ones, and we're believing you, God, that you will move mountains out of the way, God, so that people can come to know you. And it's going to be supernatural, and it's going to be you, and you're going to speak new things into their lives. You're going to bring deliverance into their lives, God, because you're able to do it. God, with your word you spoke and the universe came into existence, and with your word you're speaking over our children, you're speaking over our mothers, you're speaking over our fathers, and we say no to the devil. You cannot have them. The the blinders are coming off their eyes. For the Lord, you have sent forth angels to minister to those who are to inherit salvation. So, God, we release the angels of God to go forth and touch the lives of our loved ones, and we believe that they're coming to you. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. How many feel inspired in faith? Right? And that's your faith that God has given you by the Spirit of God. Don't let the enemy steal it from you. And you watch your situations begin to change. Amen? God is good. Awesome. Well, be blessed this week and go with God. Amen? Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24. 24-
24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.